0: This week, the Fantasy Ruckers are breaking down the breakdown stats this week. We talk about if turnovers and steals at the Ruck should join the Fantasy Major League Rugby mix. The Fantasy rucker Show starts right now.
1: Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome to the Fantasy rucker Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Talking all things rugby from the MLR to leagues around the world we're on top of it. Headphones on, pads off. This is the Fantasy Record Show. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Yee, Matt Yee, and Devin Vanderpool.
0: What's up, everybody? This is episode number 37 of the Fantasy Rucker Show. Thank you so much to our Fantasy Ruckers league members, community members, and everyone else tagging along on this journey of trying to make fantasy rugby a reality in the MLR. As always, Ryan Yee, Matt Yi, Devin Vandy Vanderpool, not here on this episode, but that's okay. Oh, man. Be I mean,. Back.
2: Look, this guy comes on last week, breaks, you know, he helps us break the Joel Hodgson news, this big signing that he's been talking about for the Utah Warriors. Mikey, I mean, we'll get to it, but Mikey Taylor leaves. And now Vandy's, you know, Vandy's nowhere to be seen. I don't know what we're going to do with this guy, but it seems like this guy just comes on, breaks some news. You know, somebody leaves. Last time I think it was Quatrin that got traded to the Free Jacks, and then, right, and then right, Vandy right. didn't come on. So, um, <laughs> hey, Utah Warriors, you got, a, you got a diehard fan. This guy can't even get up out of bed. When, uh, when somebody leaves the team.
0: so uh, Yeah, I've I got I've got two underlying theories here, Matt. I got either one, he really is an insider and he's just <laughs> so busy with trying to build up his connects and the MLR and he's really trying to spur things here. And that's why he's always first on the know when it comes to certain roster moves here on the Fantasy Rucker Show. Um, and he it continues to continue to tease it and say, hey, I got my sources. So I don't know, maybe he's not lying about that. The other thing that I'm more leaning on about that has a higher problem, of being a thing is that yeah i think there is a correlation between these uh utah warriors decisions and roster moves and things like that and his i guess feeling towards those decisions and him appearing on this show i think there is a correlation there third theory
2: third theory (laughs) he's training he's training to get in the he's in the utah warrior building training and that's how he knows all the insider stuff because he's in the building moving weights picking stuff up putting them down, and that's what he does, and he's trying to get out there to be on that Utah Warriors squad
0: and hey yeah maybe give the guy credit we're going to talk about it in the news and notes here in just a moment's time but they did just announce the crossroads cup in utah uh, so hey maybe vandy's getting ready for a little bit of I mean, crossroads cup and you'll have to cross a few
2: more roads than some of those other guys but hey he'll,
0: sure. he'll do it he'll do it <laughs> the the heart and the dedication yeah. is there for vandy but uh yeah we'll we'll miss the guy this episode but he'll be back definitely uh very 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 shortly but uh for those of you who maybe this, say hey, this is your first episode tuning into the fantasy Rugger Show. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Like we said at the top of the show, trying to make Fantasy Rugby a reality in the MLR. Yeah. Uh, you'll you want, you want to follow us at the Fantasy ruckers on social media, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're everywhere. We're also on Discord. we got a great community there as well. The link to join that community is down below in the description. Those are the places that you'll want to check out if you want to be first to know about Fantasy Rugby in the MLR. And hey, maybe we'll be able to expand this thing yep. a little bit soon. The season is uh, slowly but surely approaching. We're still a little bit ways out here, Maddie, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely coming close. Fantasy football is in full swing. It's only getting my taste buds even, yeah. uh, even more uh, wanting the fantasy rugby scene to return. And uh, sure before is. you know it, it will definitely be back around. So and, yeah, and for hey, all of just, you listening. Just to you want add to join a quick there.
2: one to the intro. I mean, if you're from the M.L.R. and you're watching, you can still send us an email. You can still send us <laughs> a fax, and you can still send us a letter, and we'll still pay for postage. So hey, you know. Just throwing it out there. Now that we got it out and cats out of the bag last episode, you can still do it. The line's still open.
0: Sure, yeah. And for those of you who didn't catch last episode, uh, the the Ask TFR show question was how we could kind of close in that gap between fantasy rugby and fantasy football. Vandy's answer was kind of integrating fantasy rugby a little bit more into those MLR broadcasts. Yeah, and we mentioned that uh, we're right here, and we're more than willing to offer that fantasy rugby perspective to the MLR. Yeah, um, yeah and we'll even pay for postage, like Matt said. Uh, but yeah, moving on here, guys. Let's talk about some of the latest news and notes that's happening across the league. I feel like Ooh. so much has it's happened over so the past happened. week. It's crazy. Look, and-
2: <laughs> Jam, Jam delay, you know, the guy that we love and we rely on, friend of the show, basically, MLR stats. He had to do two pages this week two pages this
0: week yeah yeah and, and we're in the uh the 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 height of the uh the off season here and it doesn't feel like it with all these roster moves so yeah we're going to try to break it all down here for you we're going to list out a bunch of the names and then we're going to then talk about how it's going to have a fantasy impact here some obviously having more impact than others let's talk about the one that's probably going to have the biggest impact at least not only in this week when it comes to roster moves but probably the entirety of this offseason that is the trade between the utah warriors and the San Diego Legion, Mikey Teo is returning to his old team, the very team that he won MVP on not too long ago, a couple campaigns ago, and he is going to San Diego in exchange for Jonah Dietenberger and 2023 cap considerations going to Utah Warriors way. Before I even get into any of the details, Matt, just uh, overarching reaction with Mikey Teo uh, going back to the San Diego Legion.
2: Yeah, I mean, good on Utah, first of all, for for uh, for what's it called, you know, uh, allowing him to go back home to where he's from Mm -hmm. going back to San Diego, closer to his family. I believe that was part of his request and they lived up to it. So great on just talks about the absolute class of an, of an organization that, that the Utah warriors are, but Hey, look, the last time that Mikey Taylor played for played for San Diego Legion, like you said, won the MVP, you know, maybe we're going to see a revival. And and I think it's safe to say that in terms of fantasy and in terms of, uh, scoring, Mikey tail maybe didn't have the best year that maybe some guys expected, especially being kind of one of the top picks in the draft. Maybe this is the revival. Maybe this is kind of the, he's back home. He's back close to his family. That's what he needed. He's going to come back and have another MVP like season that we know that he can have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, very good on uh, the Utah Warriors, kind of living up to their word there. But I feel like there's a lot of moving parts here. There's also where is Mikey Teo going to fit here on Mm -hmm. uh, the San Diego Legion, who is going to replace, I guess, all that production from Mikey Teo on the Utah Warriors. So let's get into it. Let's talk about more specifically the fantasy impact and where these values and where these numbers and where these points are now going to shift to with the movement of Mikey Teo to California. Uh, Let's start off with the San Diego Legion side, because obviously you're starting with Mikey Tao guys played for the most part fullback. He has made appearances at the wing position as well. When you look at the San Diego Legion roster, you're looking at guys, uh, like obviously Joe Peterson, who's been a staple of the San Diego Legion, who had played fly half for a large portion of previous campaigns, but last season really making the appearance at the, uh, the fullback uh, position for a large majority of the season outside of a stretch here towards the middle end where he had about three weeks in a row, even a scrum half appearance there in the middle there, um, at that fly half position. But that was, I believe, due to the uh, injury that happened to Will Hooley, who is their um, starting fly half. So Matt, Mm -hmm. I ask you, with Will Hooley expectedly to be their starting fly half for the San Diego Legion. Obviously, Joe Peterson is still there as we know of right now. You would assume that he would still slot in at that fullback position. Is Mikey Teo just moving into that uh, that winger position just adding another scoring threat to San Diego or is there more here that we need to look into?
2: No, I I think I think that's probably going to be the move. I mean, again, I I think the one thing that we need to point out every time that we're looking at the lineups is that, you know, we really don't know for sure who's going to be back when and, and who's back on the roster I mean, let's pretend that old man Joe is returning and nothing's changing. I think, yeah, Will Hooley, every time he made an appearance at 10, he looked good. Joe Peterson, a natural 15. I think he also works works there. And, and I mean, Mikey Teo, um, I think he fits perfectly on the wing there, uh, allows him to kind of just use his speed, use his power um, that we know that he has, score some more tries. And we can see probably him, Matthias Fryer, uh, and Joe Peterson kind of rounding out that back three.
0: Yeah, and it, it is it is interesting because you when you start looking at the roster for San Diego, you can kind of see where maybe that hole is for yeah. Mikey Tao to slot in there. Uh, guys that they had starting at that wing position on either side, you had Bjorn and that was there. Matt, you mentioned it. Matthias Fryer uh, spent a large portion both at the yeah. fullback position and subbing in and starting at that wing position. And then also a late bloomer there in the season, Thomas Aoki as yeah. well, making that push in into that San and, Diego Legion 15 side.
2: Yeah, and, and fantasy Wise, I mean, maybe this is something to look out for. That hey, those are all quality back three guys that all had fantasy impact because of the fact that you know that back three was was it Matthias Fryer, you know Bjorn Basson, They really were the the, the 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 wingers that played most of the season. Uh, maybe we need to be a bit more careful now. The fact that they have so much quality in that back three, maybe Joe Peterson takes a bit more rest. You know, maybe uh, you know maybe the wingers are kind of switching in and out depending on who's in form and stuff like that. Uh, so, maybe something to look out for. And, you know, despite the potential for him to have another MVP like season, maybe see him drop in the draft, drop in the rankings just strictly because of playing time.
0: Sure, 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 sure. And we'll, we'll talk about some of the points here. Mikey Teo, uh, for the uh, entirety of the 2022 MLR fantasy season, was able to rack up 51.8 total fantasy points uh, during that 2022 campaign. That was good enough for 27th overall in the fantasy ranking. So he was definitely up there making an impact. We'll see whether or not he'll be able to transition that to the San Diego Legion. Um, yeah, the big question remains there, Maddie, is whether or not that production can still stay up for a lot of these players. Bjorn Basso on 42.7 total fantasy points Joe Peterson 104 he was a staple of yep. fantasy rugby last season so if he is going to sit on the bench maybe a little bit more get a little bit more rest Danny said it all season last year old man Joe the guy's going to need some rest uh, at, at yeah, some point it might be sure. the MLR but uh yeah when you're going up in age especially plus the 40s you're you you're definitely going to need a little bit of extra rest <laughs> oh, yeah. so that we might see that 104.6 value go down a little bit that's something that drafters will need to consider heading into the 2023 year and then Thomas Aoki, who mentioned 32.6 total fantasy points. Um and then also uh Matthias Fryer who you mentioned Matt uh also racked up 50 fantasy points. So there's yeah, a lot I mean, of fantasy points to be yeah. had you mentioned on the San Diego Legion side it's just now figuring out how is this going to be distributed. If hey. it is really Mikey teo just transitioning to that starting role it should be a, a pretty, pretty good pick for, yeah. uh, for whoever I, is going to select Mikey Tao next year. I forget who was
2: at uh, 13 at outside center for San Diego Legion. I don't, I don't remember who was kind of their starting 13. Uh, let me pull
0: that up for you. But while uh, you playing. Thomas Morani uh, started yeah. at the outside center for so, the beginning of the season, and then it transitioned more to Tian Lutz. Okay, so
2: I'm just throwing this out there. Can you imagine a non new
0: midfield? Oh, man, we talked about the barrels and the, the size, you know, of Mikey Tao and and the size of uh, of uh, Ma Nanu. That would be incredible, man. That would
2: be something. I'm just throwing it out there, maybe not the best, but hey, if that ever happens, that will be a sight to see.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but you're, I mean, you're also talking about a Utah Warriors team that also had Paul Sique yeah. and they had the opportunity to have maybe a, a big boy center line there with maybe moving yeah. Mikey Tao there as well. Obviously different circumstances, uh, Utah Warriors having some other players there at that center position, like Tyler Fisher and things like that. So maybe yeah. not making that transition. I mean, as smooth. Great,
2: yeah. Great segue though. I mean, Look, th- this also has implications for the Utah Warriors, right? Yep. And I think you were about to say it. And I think we talked about it a little bit last show about, you know, where does McEnany fit? Where does Joel Hodgson fit now with mm-hmm. his addition? And now I think it's it's pretty clear, right? Joel Hodgson fits in at that first five, that fly half position. And then McEnany, perfect fit, f- fills in uh, fills in Mikey Taylor's spot at 15, um, you know, still provides that same explosiveness, still provides that same attacking threat. Um, yeah. And, uh, I basically they've, they've answered our question with this trade.
0: Sure. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself there, uh, quickly to wrap this, uh, wrap this up nicely with the bow, Maddie, um, in terms of draft stock and value in terms of these players, if, if. I know we're going to b- break down a lot of the yeah. stats, but just taking into the rankings that we had last season and the same fantasy stats that we had last year, just to keep it all uh, status quo here. Um, what are we thinking here? Mikey Teo's draft value going up here, going to the San oh, Diego Legion. And then what that, are we thinking about the perspectives of Joel Hodgson that you just talked about?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I I, 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 I would draft Mikey Teo with caution. That back three is getting pretty, pretty busy um there's a lot of guys in that back three and like you're listing out the points all of those guys had over 45 fantasy mm-hmm. points and like that's that's top top 30 top 35 kind of rankings and that's quality those are guys that are on teams they're finding spots in our league um so look I, I don't know if he's gonna go as high as last year definitely won't go as high as last year um but uh he still may be a quality guy to pick up somebody who may, may have more opportunity to score tries because there's more talent around Sure. Um, and, and then uh, regarding Joe Hodgson, uh, I think I said this last show, but look, I am I am drafting this guy with with high high hopes. I mean, if anything, I'm sure he'll be an absolute nail off the boot. Um, but then again, look, the guy's coming with class, the guy's coming with experience. If there's anything that we learn from Joe Peterson, a guy who's also coming from experience and also coming from class, is that those guys have a way of making an impact in the MLR
0: sure and that that's both in a just a rugby perspective and a fantasy and perspective a fantasy, exactly. so um yeah it'll be interesting to see one quick thing to add there as well if uh, if me, running meters is something that we do add into upcoming seasons all mm-hmm. i'll say is that mikey Teo is one of the players that is going to benefit greatly yep. uh by that side just the way that guy moves around the ball whether or not those are uh positive running meters you know what i mean he's sometimes uh losing himself on the field there a little bit but uh, nonetheless though he's definitely hey, look, a guy that look, knows how the barrel the, the barrel
2: is gonna move where the barrel is gonna move you can't control it you just gotta go with the flow
0: exactly all right so that that was the biggest roster move i would say of uh of the last week here one that i also want to now talk about here is what the heck is going on with the nola gold and their scrum half position because uh the nola gold have signed former hurricane scrum half luke campbell and this is for those of you who are maybe not in tune with the mlr offseason. um this is a team in the NOLA Gold that has already drafted yep. Sebastian Villani. They already have Damian Stevens on the roster, who was uh, looking really, really good towards the tail end yeah. of the 2022 MLR season. They add another nine to the mix here, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you you showed off the Hurricanes logo there. I know you're a fan of the Hurricanes, but what does this mean for the NOLA Gold scrum half room? Yep. And uh, is this a positive impact here for the NOLA Gold that maybe they didn't foresee coming? Maybe they didn't know they were going to get Luke.
2: yeah i mean look first off i'm gonna say that luke campbell is gonna be the starting nine for this nola gold team uh if without any you know unforeseen circumstances like visas and stuff like that he's gonna be the starting nine for this nola gold team uh the guy comes with you know super rugby experience the guy is like he's, he's a quality player you know even those guys that if you get a cap in super rugby and you're and you're able to perform in super rugby level you can surely perform in the mlr level at a high level um I mean, what this really says for me is 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 got me thinking, and, and I posted this in the, in the Discord chat was how many quality nines does one team need? And <laughs> to me, what that points out is that, hey, what's going on with Damian Stevens? Right. Sure. Are we are we for sure that he's coming back? Why would Nola Gold work so hard and exhaust so many resources towards bolstering the halfback position if they knew that they were getting Damian Stevens back? I have a feeling that maybe Damian Stevens is going somewhere, maybe they're unsure of what his status is. So, uh, that's kind of my inkling, but hey, if they keep all three, Velani's going to have a great room to kind of develop from, but if I'm going into this, look, I'm 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 drafting Luke Campbell and and seeing him as one of the quality nines in this league.
0: Sure. And for me, it's it's an interesting one because I think this see th- this shows a lot in terms of how teams view certain aspects of the MLR first. Obviously, Nola Gold may be in this situation. Maybe the second pick in the MLR draft is not as highly rated as maybe we... Think it is. Maybe it's just an opportunity for a team to trade up, get a guy that they want, and maybe not a guy that they think was going to start instantly, but a guy that they see can develop over a long time. You know, use the expertise and the experience that Luke Campbell has. Um, use, you know, if Damian Stevens does stay, obviously his experience in the MLR and really develop Sebastian villani and then hey, you know, you you now come in with a guy that has Super Rugby experience for at least a year or so, and he comes in and really makes you a competitor at that halfback position so yeah just it's an interesting move it's it's just crazy to think that the nola gold may have three top tier nines in the mlr that obviously you can't play all of them at once um and they'll just they'll have to sort out how that kind of yeah but you mentioned luke campbell's the the hands-down starter
2: yeah and i mean look luke campbell if you're looking for a nine in the draft i'm going to say that luke campbell's going to be one of the first halfbacks off the board um when you come from Super Rugby, when you come from that kind of style of play, you know he learned from TJ Perenara, one of the greatest try scoring halfbacks that there is. Um, he's gonna he's gonna have that same kind of impact, run those same type of support lines, and he can be you know a big fantasy contributor. What I will say is just outside of fantasy is that this is potentially great news for for the U.S. men's national team development. I mean, Vellani, obviously uh, um, a U.S. eligible, I believe, um, but. To that. But, uh, you know, being able to develop Vellani behind um, Damian Stevens, guys like Luke Campbell, I mean, what a fantastic way to kind of develop that young talent and what a fantastic way to kind of use the draft in order to help not only bolster your MLR team, but bolster the national team as well.
0: Sure, sure. And I, I want to just also mention when it comes to the NOLA Gold and the roster moves that they're making. Uh, obviously, they add Luke Campbell here at the nine position. And just last week, we talked yeah. about in the previous episode, they added Rodney Iona, um, hey. a fly half. So that pairing may look That's... really, really nice, and that that could be something that fantasy managers will want to look at, um, because you know y- y- hey. you talk about yep. a, a lot of fantasy points, a lot of a lot of you know experience, a lot of skill there. That, that that's and, something and that sounds yeah, like I want to get in
2: on. Yeah, let's expect Nola Gold to be a different team. You start at developing that 9 and 10. You build that around your 9 and 10 and the rest comes together. They've got two quality two quality halfbacks. Um they got a quality first five. They're set. I think they're going to be a different looking team this upcoming year.
0: Yeah, so two pretty big moves here that is definitely going to have uh, have an impact here in the fantasy world, that's for sure. Um, again, Mikey Taylor, a guy that had huge fantasy impact. Um, we'll see Joel Hodgson coming in, what he's going to be able to do, and now Luke Campbell joined the NOLA gold um, with that whole nine situation there, and then also adding Rodney Iona last week, two teams that I think uh, are going to have differing fantasy opinions than what we had going into the last season with. Um, I'm going to just roll out here with the rest of the roster moves here to quickly go through this, Matt. If any of these kind of pop out to you, you just stop me and we'll we'll have more discussions about it we mentioned about the partnership that the toronto arrows have uh created with the uh, scottish club overseas melrose rugby more players of theirs are going overseas and taking advantage of that partnership again we've mentioned it countless times on this uh, on this show really good to see that uh, players here in the mlr are getting opportunity to develop in more notable leagues and uh, established leagues uh overseas and get that experience mitch richardson and james o'neill of the yep. toronto arrows try both going over match. to melrose rugby oh really nice that's yeah. good 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 to hear uh we talked about Joel Hodgson uh but also other Utah Warriors move Lance Williams is returning to the Utah Warriors so that is good to see Lance Williams is a back row player that had a huge fantasy impact 51.5 total fantasy points last season uh finished 30th overall in the entirety of the fantasy rankings when you had a back row player in your lineup um that was able to score that number of points really gave you an advantage on a week-in and week-out basis, so he'll look to do that again in 2023 for the Utah Warriors. Uh, Ronan Murphy and Peyton Talea Alalio um, they're joining the, I believe, the American Raptors. Uh, for those of you who have been following the MLR for a long time, this was a team that I believe was originally called the Glendale Raptors. Yep. They've turned into a touring side, uh, an American kind of all-star team. Um, it looks like they're just trying to get uh, rugby reps, so they are joining that team, at least for the offseason. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Stan South, Corey Daniel, Jamison Fanana Schultz. They're all returning to Old Glory DC. Good to see that. Uh, Connor Grindel joining the Toronto Arrows from overseas. He's coming from the Gordon Rugby Shoot Shield. Um, and Can then a couple. Eligible? Uh, Canadian eligible as well. Um, Pat O'Toole re-signing with the NOLA Gold. Mitch Wilson also signing re-signing with his uh, team as well, the New England Free Jacks. He was a guy that was uh, uh, kind of those boomer bust kind of tri-scores. Vandy had him on his fantasy team. So he'll look to do that again on the New England Free Jacks. And then lastly here, a little bit of a trade uh, between the Toronto Arrows and the Seattle Seawolves. The Arrows acquiring Travis Larson uh, for 2023 uh, cap consideration. That will go Seattle. 's way not really anything that big guys that really didn't have a fantasy impact and then lastly Seattle continuing to pile on the solid cap considerations they also moving Brad Tucker to rugby New York as well so
2: I believe oh. the other one yeah I believe the other one uh Ryan is also Josh Larson Josh Larson or one of the Larson's is going to the Toronto Aeros. Yeah, Travis Larson. Sand. I Travis just mentioned. Oh, okay, I clearly was Travis. Yeah, yeah there we go. Considerations. Yeah, Travis yeah, yeah. Larson. There we go.
0: Uh, Brad Tucker. Both going away from the Seattle Seawolves, Larson going to the Arrows, Brad Tucker going to Rugby New York, all for salary cap considerations. Uh Last one here that's come up, Uh Isaac Ross is not returning to the Austin Gronies. He signs with uh, a Japanese fifth-tier club, um, which is interesting there. He'll look to, uh, to continue his rugby career yeah, overseas. Yeah, I'm sure that
2: Japanese team has an owner, at least,
0: you know? Yeah so who knows but hey who roster moves roster moves roster moves we might be in the uh the the yeah. the top level off season here when it comes yeah. to the mlr but it doesn't hey, feel like it because the we only thing all the only place. thing
2: that i wanted to point out was i'm gonna be honest with you i was a little bit surprised that that old banana banana schultz got re-signed that guy played what four games last season because of all Let the suspensions that, that he had um I'm surprised because I mean, to me, discipline is one of the things that and, and every penalty and every suspension that he got was just a heinous act that, you know, you don't want to see in the game. Um, so I'm a little surprised there. He is a quality player just seems to find himself in the sin bin quite a bit. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of the only one that stood out to me and I kind of raised my eyebrows and said, Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Six total appearances in twenty twenty two, five yeah. of them being starts and again, yeah, dealing with those suspensions, missing. I mean, uh, it wasn't it wasn't missed... that he wasn't
2: good enough. That's why like that's not yeah, why he sure. didn't play, you know, it was because the MLR said, Hey, stop punching people in the face when they're not looking. <laughs>
0: Yeah, missing six games in the uh, in the middle of the season there, including his bye week and then three games towards the end of the season. So, yeah, definitely not when you see, especially as a fantasy manager, because you want your guys in your lineup scoring new fantasy points, something that James and Fernando Schultz did not do for fantasy managers last season. Uh, Moving on from roster moves, just to wrap up the news and notes portion here. uh, One thing that I want to mention, we talked about it towards the top of the show joking about that Vandy obviously heard a whiff of this but uh, the Crossroads Cup being organized by the Utah Warriors uh, it's a cup that is going to be a month long competition that's focused on finding players from that Utah region uh, the intermountain intermountain region that can then enter into the Warriors pathway and to help develop them I think just a really cool way for uh, for the Warriors to find other talent that's in the area um, because I think that's what it's all about especially as the MLR continues to grow yep. finding local talent giving ways for players who are looking to go professional when it comes to rugby giving them opportunities to show their talent show their skills and uh, find a way onto a developmental side and a uh, eventually onto a starting mlr side because i feel like collegiate isn't the only way to go here there's many other creative ways that uh, that teams can go about it to find that talent and obviously yeah. the utah warriors um finding that creative way to do that so we'll see whether or not we'll see vandy in the crossroads cuff here too uh, to make his bid for a mlr roster spot <laughs> we'll see yeah we'll, that, we'll find uh, that's out but possible.
2: but uh, interesting to see how many how how these different teams are approaching developing uh developing their players and finding players as well so yeah kind of it is really cool
0: i mean just recently um obviously we're we're a big uh, lurker on r slash mlr reddit um Mm. just uh you know looking at all the news and notes there seeing what people are talking about seeing what the latest uh like hot topics around major league rugby is and one guy actually posted in there that he was what is the best way for a d1 rugby player to join a mlr team and people were like asking hey do this do this find out you know join this side join and it's just cool to see that the mlr is still at the stages where they're trying to find how you know these teams are gonna find their talent. You got guys that are even posting on Reddit that are looking for ways to uh, to to get on an MLR team. So hey. MLR teams, if you're listening, there's definitely people out there that are wanting to get that opportunity It's just uh, figure out a way to to give them that opportunity and find ways to do that. So, uh, interesting stuff. And then lastly here, uh, just a, a little shout out to show kind of the uh, impact that former MLR alumni are having in the rugby world. Uh, Jamie McIntosh, a former uh, Austin Gronies player and coach, um, and, and former All Blacks prop as well, uh, he's going to join the Hurricanes uh, as part of their coaching lineup, so just a little bit of MLR ties there obviously a big big force there over in New Zealand um it's cool to see that he was able to at least establish a little bit of his expertise and experience over here in the MLR during his long rugby career so miss anything I don't know man there's so many roster moves dude it's crazy so
2: much and there's other things that I could say but look let's let's keep it moving let's get on with it um I know we got some good stuff to get into so so let's keep it moving right
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, it's time to continue our deep dive into the uh, the stats that we uh, were able to get our hands on for the 2022 year. No longer are we just about tries, scoring mm-hmm. meters. Uh, you not know, not what enough. else did we have? Uh, a try assist. We're not more enough. than that. That's we oh, not enough. Oh, not enough. Exactly. We, we needed even more. And we've been over the past few weeks been diving into those stats and seeing which one of those categories or which out of all the categories are we able to kind of integrate and establish into the fantasy mlr world uh two episodes ago we went into uh meters gains last episode we went into uh tackles um so just really 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 good stuff or vice versa i think we went to tackle so much numbers so many look, numbers go. we going went into, into
2: the numbers that's what happened
0: exactly so we mentioned it at the top of the show we're starting now to fine-tune some of these categories and i think the conversation was always there we were going to want to add uh, tackles. We were going to want to add meters gained. It's now starting to look into some of these smaller categories to see whether or not they have a place in the world of fantasy rugby. And, and we mentioned it towards the end and teased it towards the end of last episode. But today we're hopping in to break down steals and turnovers. And, and Matt and I were having this discussion oh, before we started the show. And I don't think, firstly, first going into this and having a initial overlook at the numbers and what the tallies were for the 2022 season when it came to how many turnovers and how many breakdown steals players were accumulating i think we need to go into this matt that this is not going to be a stat that's going to be end all break all this is not going to be a stat that is going to win people's uh that that is not going to Alone, win people's weeks, but it may decide people's weeks. And that's what we want to add into this fantasy rugby element. We want to, you know, keep different metrics, you know, keep people on the edge of their chair. And I think breakdown steals and turnovers might be something we want to look into to get into that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the other thing that it does is it adds value to some of the players that are specializing in this, Mm -hmm. right? You look at guys like Lucas Rumble, you look at guys like Mike Smith. I mean, these guys were guys that were, you know, up there in tackles, but they didn't only tackle, right? They also are master at the breakdown. They know how to get their hands in there. They know how to cause turnovers. They know how to cause havoc. Um, It just gives another way for guys to add value to this and and creates a deeper pool of players that have a different way of scoring points based on their expertise
0: sure and and i think we've and we've had this conversation throughout the entirety of this journey of breaking down these stats over the past month or so about trying to integrate these stats into fantasy rugby in the best way possible that is going to reflect the best players that are on the field mm-hmm. and how they perform in real rugby, right? We want the best players in fantasy rugby to emulate. Maybe not at a one to one level, or maybe not exactly and in, in, in a in a in a mirror, um, exactly one for one for what it is. But at least a general kind of, you know, area where you know the the best top ten players are the best top ten players in yeah. rugby. And I think part of that, Matt, is highlighting different players. Um, expertise or a different player what what they're known for doing and I think in our past season we were really highlighting the try scorers right a lot Mm -hmm. of the try scorers were getting an advantage now that we've introduced meters gained two weeks ago we're uh, now highlighting the ball carriers in our league right adding tackles We're, we're giving players who don't just score tries we're giving them the opportunity to shine in the world of fantasy rugby we're allowing those different archetypes of a rugby player because it's not all about scoring tries when it comes to rugby we all know that and if you're listening you definitely know that um and it's by implementing that and like you mentioned matt by implementing breakdown steals it is rewarding those guys that in addition to you know tackling scoring tries you know the guys that are really working hard um around the breakdown they're getting rewarded as well the thing that i think is going to be interesting as well um implementing this is the turnover points because It's something that I'm kind of on the fence of integrating. We had this conversation, and Matt, I know your opinion on Mm -hmm. reducing – uh, fantasy points. We want to add fantasy points. We want to get people to score points because that's what gets fantasy managers and people playing fantasy sports excited when there are fantasy points being added, not necessarily mm-hmm. taken away. But I thought that if you're going to add breakdown steals, it is only fair to not only reward the people that are causing those mistakes, it's also um, you know penalizing the people that are not only losing the ball at the breakdown, but also just sure. making errors on uh, on a, on a regular basis. So um, what's your overarching theme about the turnovers, not just the breakdowns?
2: Yeah, look, I mean, there's so many, and especially when you're talking about, you know, turnovers at the breakdown, there's so much more than just an individual player can do. Right. I can, I can, I can, uh, you know, if I, if I make a line break and nobody's there to support me and I, and somebody causes a turnover and steals a ball after I get tackled
0: sure. What am I
2: supposed to do? Right? Like I only have so many options to do without any support that becomes more of a team almost turnover, but one guy's getting, getting penalized for it. Right. But then again, that's how it is in all the sports, all the fantasy, you know, sometimes there is multiple things that go into a turnover. Somebody just has to get binned for it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you said it yourself. I am not, uh, supporting kind of taking away points for turnovers. Um, I think it just happens so often in, in, in rugby specifically that, uh, it'll just it'll just uh, work against i think um what our goal is and trying to increase the amount of excitement and points that we have surrounding our league
0: Absolutely, for sure. All right, well, let's get into the numbers and let's start breaking down some of the guys that are going to um, take advantage of the most if we were to add. Let's start off with the breakdown steals um, stat category and talk about kind of the guys that are really going to shine when it comes to this. Uh, when it came to a point value, assigning a point value to breakdown steals, I thought it was something that needed to be rewarded. Breakdown steals don't necessarily happen often, or I shouldn't say that. They do happen often in a game. However, the amount that a player will tally up in a singular game is not going to be like tackles. We're on a regular yeah, exactly. game that a guy is going to rack up, you know, five breakdown steals every single game. There are going to be yeah. guys that have an act at being able to steal those breakdowns, but it's not going to be a guy that's going to be regularly. And hey, 40. if
2: you've got a guy that's getting five breakdown steals a game, you better draft him and you better pick him up <laughs> right. because that guy is going to get you points.
0: Exactly. So I'm uh, naming off the top. Uh, let's say top six here because I want to okay. include. All the guys that were able to get double-digit breakdown steals this past season. Um, not gonna break it down by position here because mm-hmm. I think just an entirety of breakdown steals. Yeah, not many people are getting breakdown steals. Yeah, look, on you're, an gonna to of the the winners, you're gonna get
2: to the wingers, you're gonna get to the tens, the nines, and it's gonna be like the top person had two on the season. And and you know, you don't we don't need to go into
0: that. Exactly. But I do think, though, there is going to be a little bit of a surprise at which right. positions were stealing at the breakdown the most i think that matt you and i can agree on that we would expect that the back row position would probably have the most steals at the breakdown just that because they're probably job. most around there that is literally their job be first there poach the ball that is what they do if you had to guess another notable position that tend to get a lot of breakdown steals who would you go with Center. Wow, you're you're right, dude. You 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 played the sport or something, eh? I played the sport a little bit. What makes you say center position?
2: Hey, look, center is just a just a back a back row, just in the backs. So
1: (laughs) true. uh, You know, they're 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 big
2: bodies. They they happen to be around the breakdown. You know, um, and and I mean the big thing is that the center position is the guys that are usually you know going to make that first hit off offset piece. Um, and hey, they get their head in there. They get their hands dirty. Um. A center, a quality center will will get their head in and steal the ball a time or two.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's name the top six here. You guys have been waiting. it. So the top six breakdown stealers of the 2022 MLR season, Lucas Rumble. Yo. Danny Barrett, mm-hmm. Lance Williams, mm-hmm. Dan Creel, Brendan O'Connor, and JP Duplay C. So yeah, out surprised. of those, you got uh two centers there between Dan Creel and uh JP DuPlay C, the rest being back rowers. Um, yeah, I could have guessed that Lucas Rumble was gonna be the top guy there. He's been how much, a, how much uh, did Lucas guy. Rumble get 15 breakdown steals for the entire twenty twenty two. And what season. was the next guy? Danny Barrett was 14, um, and then there was a little bit of a separation there. Lance Williams and Dan Creel both getting 11, and then Brendan O'Connor and Jay Pley do play C at 10.
2: (sighs) I mean, hey, Lucas Rumble, man. That guy, that's 15. That's almost almost a steal a game, I think, or more than a steal a game. Um, That's... Hey, that's if we're looking at two points, like you said, you know, you need additional two points every week. Let's just say you got you're losing a matchup by one, and you you have Lucas Rumble in there, and you're ready. You're like, hey, he's guaranteed to steal this game. I'm gonna be pretty confident that this guy is gonna get a breakdown steal. And and hey, it was hard to watch an Arrow's game without seeing him at least get in get at least one or at least force a penalty at least once.
0: Sure. And and I think that's what we got to look at it with by hearing those numbers. Right. You're talking about the guy who led the league in breakdown steals is only tallying up 15 for the entire yeah. of the season. And you mentioned it, Matt, uh, uh, perfectly there that it, you're averaging there around one per match. This is a, a stat category that is, is, is not like I mentioned earlier, not going to, you know, carry your win that week, but it may mm-hmm. decide it because you may, the difference may be because you have Lucas rumble as opposed to another back rower that isn't, you know, regularly getting steals yeah. and you end up on that week, getting that extra two points that you need and for you sure. squeak out a win by one Matt. Wait, I mean, you were, you were a guy hey, that experienced it. first. Hey, I
2: was having a hard time getting points. So if there's anybody that you need to talk sure. to, sure about being desperate (laughs) for points it is me and i mean like i was trying to and i think you know i'll speak for the league that as many guys the as long as you can get as many guys in your team to not get zero points last season that would meant you're gonna have a good week you know so the fact that you can almost guarantee that lucas rumble is going to get two points for you in a given week i mean i'll i'll take it and that shoots his draft stock up right up there
0: Absolutely, and uh, yeah, it it should be interesting to see how kind of um, that breakdown steals category would have... You know, the effect in the moment of a matchup, I think it's easy for us to look back here and be like, oh, yeah, the entirety of the season, he's averaging one per game. So he would get, you know, two points every single week um, as opposed to other guys. You know, those things happen in spurts. So, you know, there may be one week where he gets three steals and we don't even know and he's racking up six points just based on steals. Then you add the tackles that we might add to that plus the meters gain. Hey, I'm starting to like the idea that we're going to have a little bit of points here in 2023. And,
2: and, And what I'm thinking about right now is watching MLR games and seeing, you know, one of the players that I have get their head into a ruck, but their arms on the ball just be sitting there and me just get up and start getting jacked up because I know that he's about to get a steal and that's two points in the book um
0: you know well I mean Matt that's one of the most like uh, during our playing days that was one of the most like hype things about whenever you got a breakdown steal and you got the ref blowing the whistle and pointing the arm the other way people were hype and I can only imagine the reaction you get from fantasy rugby oh
2: it's got I mean it was one of the best things you're down in there you got you got the ball nobody can see you right oh everybody can just see your butt sticking up in the air The whistle blows. and next thing you know, you see this head pop up with the ball and just celebrating, just getting crazy, knowing that he just caused a penalty and turned the ball over. Um, Yeah, I'm going to have the exact same celebration when I'm watching the games.
0: Well, then that's the great thing, right? That's that's the great thing about fantasy rugby or fantasy sports in general is that uh, you don't have to be the one that's digging no. your head in there and taking a few hits I can and taking save a few shots there. You can save your shoulders. You can save your back. You can be sitting on your couch and you're going to yeah. be just as hype as the players on the pitch there when that breakdown still happens. So yeah, definitely a plus when it comes to adding a category here. And yeah, definitely a chance for more points to be had on the field when it comes to the fantasy rugby season. When you're adding points, though, you also got to keep in mind that there is also an opportunity to also take away points. And we mentioned turnovers here. Yeah going to have to start talking about it here. I know you don't oh necessarily like the idea of uh, removing points here, Maddie. but the big question being, should players be penalized for things as, as far as handling errors, for things as far as turnovers in the breakdown that we just mentioned, um, any turnover at all? Uh, is this something that we need to be penalizing players for? Matt, you quickly mentioned about how, you know, not every turnover is the fault of that individual player, but in other fantasy sports, there are stats that have that kind of same uh, characteristics. So just your overarching idea here, turnovers, something you would like to add um, before I mention here the top five turnover guys you know here in the league.
2: I'm I'm interested to know how many turnovers those are at, the, are, are at the top. I mean, look, if that turnover number is not, you know, egregious, then, you know, maybe I'll be okay with it. Maybe I'll be fine with it. But if that top turnover number starts creeping up to like, you know, 30, 40, 50, you know, we're going to have an issue here. I don't know if I want to take that many points away.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about it. Uh, turnover leaders Johan Mumpson, oh, Riker no. Hadding, oh, no. Brendan O'Connor, oh. JP Smith, and Lance Williams. And oh, the numbers boy. are 38, Oof. 33, Ooh. 32, 32, and 29. Oh, and that was Johan Mumsen with the most turnovers at 38.
2: Oh my god. Hey, look, that is that is encroaching on exactly the 30s that I was talking about. But yeah. hey, hey, it depends how you want to score it, right? Like we know that turnovers happen every game. Somebody's, mm-hmm. you know, and and the guys and, and maybe this is kind of the uh you know, kryptonite of having those big ball players because those guys are obviously going to be more likely to turn the ball over, you know, drop ball, uh, bad pass, you know, maybe they get it stolen just because they're carrying the ball so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see it there. I mean, Momsen, one of the top guys, you know, Riker Hadding, obviously one of the top guys there, Lance Williams was a great ball carrier. Um, you know, JP Smith kind of interesting to see him in the mix. I think he's the only nine there. Um, yep. And so kind of interesting to see him there in that mix. Uh, but, you know it'll be interesting, I think it really depends on how we score this, um, how we plan on scoring, and I don't know, I don't have all the answers. I'm no genie in the bottle, but um, but you know like it, it'll it will, we definitely will have to score this differently than many of the other sure uh, and m- many of the other other categories and maybe closer to you know basketball rather than fantasy
0: football right, and I see what's interesting is that I thought that too, Matt right like I thought that by adding turnovers when I was initially going into this was, all right, you're going to be able to add a stat that is essentially going to nerf the guys that handle the ball the most. That's essentially what you're thinking of on, on an underlying basis. But at least when it came to our, our, fantasy rankings from last season mm-hmm. the names that I expected to be in this top five list weren't there yes we had yeah. record hatting where you want to be penal but I don't know if I want to be penalizing guys for example Rhino Herbst is sitting at the seventh spot and that's a guy that really didn't do anything else from a fantasy perspective um, but you're going to be penalizing because he racked up 28 turnovers over the course of the season which ends up being at least in the way that I started it at minus half a point yeah. at minus 14 points on the year and I mean, now, look,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll just say this point is that there's a couple positions where I think we've identified as, you know, pretty low scoring. I think we're going to look at, you know, the front row position, something that we probably need to add a bit more value to. And then we're looking at the the halfback position, the nine, the ten position. And when you look at the front row, and I'm not going to say it, but I'll say it, uh, you know, let's just say front rows don't have the best hands. All right, just speaking from experience. <laughs> well, I was, was so, going to go there, you know? here, but yeah. <laughs> so you know, what are we doing? We're kind of all right. We're now going to diminish them more by potentially, you know, them having potentially uh, more likely getting turnovers. And then you look at the nine and ten position; these ball handlers, of course, they're going to throw a bad pass once in a while. Of course, they're going to drop the ball once in a while. You know, sure. even though they've got silky smooth hands, you know, they will drop the ball at some point just because of volume. And you know, these are two positions that we're looking at as hey, how do we get these guys more points? How do we get the non-kickers in these positions a bit more points? How do we get the front row position a bit more points? Do we want to kind of add more penalty to two positions that are probably more likely to get, get turnovers? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation. Again, uh, I say that with also like when you look at it and you say, oh, like minus nineteen points for the entire year for Johan or uh, for Johan Mumsen because of his yeah. turnovers. You know, that sounds like a big value, but then when you take a step away and you look at it at a weekly, a well, week to week basis, yeah. it's a little bit of an easier conversation to have because. By looking at the entirety of the turnovers, like, oh, crap, like, you know, like, that's a lot of points. You don't want to reduce that many points. But then when you're looking at a week-to-week basis, if a guy has five turnovers in a game, that guy shouldn't be performing well on a fantasy level. And that should decide a week. And, you know, I think it's – these are stat categories. Again, just like the breakdown steals is that I would look at this more from a week-to-week basis where – you know an accumulation of turnovers can decide a week but it's not going to carry your week i don't think minus 19 points for the guy that had the most turnovers in league is necessarily a thing that's going to shock the fantasy rugby rankings and it's not going to shock the whole thing but it does have an impact
2: i mean to the point i like when we talk about we want our points to align with you know those team of the week releases those team of the year releases and when you look at that top five, I mean, Mumsen, I think, was on the team of the week almost every week, right? Sure. Was definitely on the first 15 team. Riker Hadding, you can say the same about him. Lance Williams, I'm sure, found his way onto the team of the week, uh, probably made his way onto the first, either first 15 or second 15. I mean, these are guys that are, are top in their position.
0: Right, And, right.
2: you know, whether that's right to, and. and do you know what the other thing is that we're looking at this just at turnovers how does this look with all the stats combined and you know the yeah a little yeah. teaser that we'll get to that but um but you know how does this look we have no idea exactly what the impact of turnovers is until we can look at everything combined and say okay you know what Mumsen moved down one one ranking because of yeah. his 19 points that he lost or because right. of the 38 turnovers that he had um and at that point it's like okay yeah makes sense we should penalize these guys for dropping the ball and knocking on having horrible hands
0: mm-hmm. yeah they definitely two stats that'd i be interested to see i only have the season totals but definitely yeah. would have been interesting to see from yeah. a match to match basis kind of how the consistency of you know turnovers and breakdown steals were happening were they happening in spikes or were they happening consistently through yeah. the entire year because that's obviously going to have an effect on fantasy weeks um interesting enough before we move on here uh on the last thing here before breakdowns and turnovers for turnovers Just to go to the point of guys who are ball carrying the most or handling the ball the most are going to rack up the most turnovers. Nine of the top 10 players in the MLR um, that consisted of both uh, of both forwards and um, uh, forwards and backs. Nine of the 10 of them had double digit turnovers. When they carried uh, the ball more than 1,000 meters, if that makes sense. So the top 10, nine of the top 10 ball carry meter players in the MLR last season had double-digit turnover. So there is some sort of correlation there with the amount that you're running with the ball and the amount that you're turning it over. But again, there's also other factors being had here. One that we'll see here shortly that, yeah, some positions just don't have as good hands as other positions. One of those being the front row position who uh, tends to I handle the ball it. a lot around the breakdown. Um, but uh, often, <laughs> often sometimes, you know, doesn't necessarily come away with it cleanly. Um, they actually took the biggest hit when when it came Oof. to average ranking, when we added both breakdown steals and turnovers, they on average dropped 30 rankings. Um, they were hey. averaging the front row position was averaging 10 turnovers a game um, with about, or sorry, 10 turnovers a season with about 0.8 steals uh, per player. per that, season. Uh,
2: This is a tough one for the front row. Look, they're not, they're yeah. not in the position to, to, <laughs> to cause cause breakdown, breakdown steals. They're not in the position to catch the ball, you know, Hey, this is a tough one for the front row. I'm sorry, boys. You know, this this yeah. episode is just going to be a hit on you guys. <laughs> sorry, Callie. You know, you know I know you got great hands, but look, you know, somebody's got to take the hit.
0: <laughs> or maybe, hey, he could be, Callie could be the anomaly, man. He could be the one forward out there that fantasy managers will be drafting because he's the one guy that is uh, stealing at the breakdown and not turning it over. Um, Second row having a similar impact there as well. Minus yeah. 30 in the rankings. Um, Fair Again, enough. A large part of that player profile they're not the ones stealing the ball and yeah they're often handling it in close quarters i'm trying to be the most like the political hey look this, just but. <laughs> you just gotta
2: go out there and say the front row and the second row positions i'm sorry uh, guys but you guys know you guys don't have the best hands you know you might catch a bunch of lineup balls but when it comes from catching a nice little spin pass from nine sometimes I feel like- you just throw it at the ground you know,
0: I like there's a little animosity there when you're playing nine days is that is that hey, the case no. where there's some guys that you're a little was jack was jack not good with you sometimes jack hey the no no
2: no <laughs> jack's an anomaly all right this guy was a nine at heart who just happened to get huge okay that's different story there's other guys yeah. that have been front rows all along and you know maybe we'll chat with a few of them um and you know i won't tell them that they got no hands to their face but even <laughs> if i did they would tell me otherwise and say that i suck. so
0: so that's fine Oh, and then moving on to the back row position again to the flip side of it. This was the position that we knew was going to benefit most from this went up two in the rankings, uh, literally just two positions on average. Average breakdown steals of almost two per season and then around 10.6 turnovers on the year. So when I'm getting the notion of this, I'll quickly go through here. Scrum half minus 12 in the rankings, fly half minus three in the rankings, yep. center up three in the rankings, back three, not really having a, uh, having a difference, which actually I was surprised about because I thought that back three would have a lot more uh, turnovers um, than they had. Had here in uh the average here, only hey, seven on the season. I'm surprised. Um, maybe that too, was because just with look, the back three look, that I played with in my playing days, but I don't know.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that the back three also does not have great hands. Okay. <laughs> yes, maybe you catch some high. Not balls, according to these
0: numbers, man. I know, I
2: know. That's why I'm surprised. I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, the ball comes out wide and you've got tons of space, and next thing I know, the ball's knocked on and it's out of bounds. Like like you tell me why? Right. Why did that right. happen? You know, you're catching these 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 huge box kicks, but then a spin pass comes and you're throwing it into the dirt. I don't know. I'm not calling names. I'm just saying, from <laughs> experience, sometimes this is the case.
0: Oh yeah, I guess there's a little bit to uh, to dig in there. Although, on the... <laughs> although, yeah, yeah,
2: the nine position going down twelve spots. Not surprised at all.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think
2: I, if I'm, I'm when I was a nine, I mean. Maybe in high school days I got my head in there but once we got to the men's league I was not getting in any breakdown at all and hey I made some
0: bad passes too so right well no breakdown so, steals so, bad passes
2: that's not a good combo for
0: these well that's shots. what's that's what's funny Matt is that for the front rowers the second rowers and the back three oh no it's bad hands they got bad hands they can't catch the ball this ranking's poor for them for the scrum half it's not it's not the bad hands just like oh just like you know some I don't want to
2: die. Look, I don't want I don't want to die. I'm I want to play next week. Uh, I want to play true. next week. I want to play the next minute. I don't want to get knocked out at the breakdown by a flanker that knows how to ruck way better than me. I mean, frankly, I'm, not speaking, I'm, all I'm, getting, uh, I'm not speaking I, for all the nines out there, but look, <laughs> I didn't I didn't participate in many rucking drills, so I wasn't very good at it, all right?
0: I'm getting uh I'm getting whiffs of a double standard here, but it's okay. Well, I we'll move know. on, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, we can move but... on, but yeah. All right, well, hey, so there's the average (laughs) ranking. What I'm getting here for the most part here, having these numbers in front of me, is that by adding this stat... Two things. It's a twofold thing. One yeah. is that this is a stat that we're adding that is going to not necessarily have a an beneficial uh, increase to necessarily the player rankings, but mm. guys that are maybe not keeping up are definitely going to get a, a hit here. They're going to definitely take a detriment. Um, they're going to drop in the rankings here if they're not keeping up with those uh, breakdown steals and not minimizing those turnovers. It's going to be something that is going to uh, negatively affect for a large part these players rather than boost these players players up and then the second part here is that again we look at this from a season long type number stat here but i think this is more of a stat category that needs to be considered from a week to week basis this is something that's going to impact you in those really fine um matchups that are being decided by less than two three four points single digit points here and that's where it's going to have the impact
2: overall we need to see the bigger picture you know, how do, how do these because these two are such low scoring, you know, low value, there's not that many turnovers, there's not that many steals in comparison to tackles and carry meters, um, or meters gain. Um, we need to see how this looks in the entire picture, in the bigger picture, because uh who knows how this affects front rows after tackles and and I mean I mean carry meters isn't gonna do much for the front rows, but you know, after tackles and, and stuff like that. So uh yeah, something that we'll we'll have to look at in the holistic field.
0: Definitely. And well, that's a that's a perfect segue here. So let's let's sort of break this down. Because I think at this point, Maddie, is we've reached the point where I think we've accumulated enough stat categories here to make an assessment at where yeah. we're standing with our um, MLR stats, how we feel with what we should implement for upcoming seasons. Um, and we're let, let's, let's quickly do kind of an overarching kind of refresher and a recap here of what we've done and what our kind of feelings are before that episode where we really dive into the nitty-gritty of how all of these stat categories interplay with one of another. Um, we went over, uh, we Went over total tackles and adding season tackles. It sounds like that's a must. The conversation, though, that's being had is whether or not we're weighing – Tackles too highly or too lightly is it yeah. a value that we want to have as a full one point thing, a 0.5 thing, or is it something that we want to minimize to a point one point two thing? It feels like the general consensus. After you were uh, initially kind of on the higher end, and after seeing the numbers and going through a conversation with Vandy uh, two hey, weeks I've ago, been, not that, not that I've I'm been C I've been C song, <laughs> I've been C
2: song. We put in carry meters. I was kind of back on the point five train. Sure, you know, I don't know. I can't make up my mind. That's why we got
0: the people got it and then that's that's something that we'll consider there but it does seem that tackles whether it's point five, whether it's 0.25 whether it's 0.1 Indeed. we are including that if it is if it if it is accessible to us correct yes
2: yes 100
0: percent. all right and then then moving on to meters gained another uh kind of uh interesting stat that was there um Again, it kind of had a differing opposite effect to what uh, the total tackles had. So it was kind of nice introducing both of those stat categories on back to back weeks because it feels. Like by adding total tackles and meters gain at the same time, um, you're bolstering the amount of stats and the amount of points that are being had in fantasy in Major League Rugby by keeping things pretty even keel and not shifting the landscape of fantasy scoring too drastically by adding these two stats. Meters gain sounds like it's something that's pretty solidified if we can add it to the 2023 year. You
2: agree? Yeah, no doubt. We need to reward those guys that don't score tries but carry the ball.
0: Absolutely, and then lastly here, what we spoke about all today was the steals and the turnovers. It sounds like we're a little bit on the fence on both of those things right now. I mean, I love, I love, do, steals. I, love steals. I do love steals, and turnovers oh. is
2: growing on me. That's what I'll say. Sure, I, yeah. I think, I, I, I think, I think understanding that, hey, it's not going to be a big portion of the scoring. But it may be, you know, maybe it's something to just think about in the back of your mind that might lose you a week or maybe, you know, lose you a championship. You never know.
0: And, hey, it could happen in real life, man. You could yeah. be in the, the biggest match in the MLR, and a turnover could decide uh, the fate oh, yeah. of either team. should happen in fantasy rugby, too, so there's yep. that to keep in mind as well. Um, but, yeah, to that point, Matt, it's it's about looking at it from a week-to-week base. I think that's the biggest differing thing between the stats that we went over the past two weeks. With the tackles, with the meters gained, you'll have players that will solely get their fantasy points off of tackles. You'll have fantasy players that will solely get their points off of meters gained you're not going to have, I think, significant fantasy contributors of guys that are solely stealing at the breakdown or losing you fantasy weeks by solely getting turnovers. They may decide it because you may lose by two points, but it's not going to be a player that is going to absolutely wreck yeah. or completely carry your week with these two stats. So I think, yeah, we won't know the official answer until we incorporate all of it together here. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely a- an interesting conversation to uh, to continue to be had. So yeah, I think uh, in the upcoming episodes we'll try to incorporate all of it: tackles meters gain breakdown steals turnovers and then i think now we've reached that portion matt where now we start to fine tune and tweak things here and if there's anything yep. else that uh, you'd like to add um now's the time to kind of test it out and maybe we're overlooking something so hey, um we'll, we'll, one we'll thing love one to, thing we'll i know to that it.
2: we're gonna have to look at is uh you know how can we how can we up those uh, set pieces those defenses you mm-hmm. know
0: That is, that is. And that actually, a good segue to close out the show here. We have it every single week. This week, we decided to have it towards the tail end here. The Ask TFR Show question by enlightening the people about fantasy rugby and the MLR, just a way to kind of spur the conversation about fantasy rugby. Um, And the question coming into us this week, we went through all the stats and we talked heavily about the players. And we did have a position last season, uh, the set piece for the teams that we had to incorporate into our fantasy lineups. Really didn't have that big of a fantasy significance significance. Really, it was only uh, the try assists off of set pieces and then um, also the bonus point for either losing within a score or winning or, excuse me, by scoring more than four tries. So really, the defenses were not having I don't think any defense scored more than double digits, I think, last season. I'll have to mm-hmm. go back and look, but I can't imagine that that happened. I mean, it might have been um, the
2: one time that the Sabercats scored like four mall tries,
0: but possibly. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, overall, just to quickly wrap up the show, quick question here is just what would you like to see from this set piece position is this something that you see uh, that is good with the way it's at having that minimal advantage um, really not making a, a big difference in your fantasy weeks but hey could have a, a deciding factor in it or is the set piece position something you want to see have more of a fantasy impact
2: hey I think we need to have line out steals we got to have line out um, line out I guess losses Yep. Um, there's also as well Scrum steals, scrum losses, um, or scrum turnovers, I guess, um, in addition to what we had last year with the tri-assist and stuff like that. You know, maybe that that there is just adds a little bit more in, in kind of the importance of the set piece, right? You want set pieces that have high percentage lineouts, high percentage scrum win percentage. Those are the set pieces that you want to pick up that translates into the game. Those are the things that we want to make sure that we're including in our scoring and then, you know, I think we talked about this on one episode that maybe, you know, you look at total tackles in a game, but, uh, you know, that's less, less related to set piece more if you look at it as a defense. But I think, uh, I think line out, line out percentage and like line and scrum percentage wins definitely something that we need to try and incorporate in there that set piece, uh, that set piece stats.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I would love as commissioner. I would love to uh, kind of bake in more um, fantasy points into that set piece position. And again, I'll remind all the listeners and all the people just starting to get into fantasy rugby and the MLRs. We try to create and shape this thing into exactly the uh, the game that we want to create it into. Um, it's about mimicking what we see on the field, and and yep. and set piece has a big. Part in the game of rugby, and we want to make sure that's exemplified and that's reflected in mm-hmm. fantasy rugby as well. So, we want to do that too. That's why we're introducing all these stats, tackles, meters, game breakdown, steals, turnovers, because we want fantasy rugby to reflect the actual game of rugby as much as possible. And by baking in more of these stat categories, is just the way we're going to do that. Obviously, there's a right way to do it, and that's why we're having this conversation. Um, but I do think we are on the right track, and I think the next step, I think, after doing all these player stuff, is is to then now have a closer look at the, the set piece. But uh, until then, though, we're going to come out with the rankings. Yep. We're gonna- Bake all these in. We're going to bake it all into uh, one good ranking here. See where the players stand. And then we'll figure out whether or not where we're at right now with the categories that we've introduced when it comes to tackles, meters gained, breakdown, steals, turnovers, and the points values that we've introduced with them. Are they the uh, kind of the right direction that we're headed in? Do things need to be changed now that they are all in the same uh, in the same ranking now that they're all being accounted for? That's something that we're going to find out in a very near episode episode yep. uh, and but, yeah
2: just gonna say hopefully we have the very experienced the very knowledgeable you know the man full of all the rugby knowledge vandy on the show to provide his input because you know that guy is a man of of, of, of vast rugby experience
0: well, now after a year of fantasy, Rutgers uh, under his belt for sure, yes. dude. That guy's a rugby expert. It, yes, we're really like two proud parents and, man. and future like MLR star. Seeing, seeing, uh, seeing Vanny grow into the rugby aficionado that he's become over the past thirty-seven oh, yes. episodes. It's been a journey. It's been, uh, it's oh, been absolutely yes, great. But uh, yeah, definitely some fun, uh, fun times along the way too. So you'll expect that in episodes to come. We'll come down with that full top ten, top fifty, top hundred ranking of all of those uh, of all those players. Uh, introduced with those new stat categories. We're also hopefully going to have interviews in the next few weeks here of uh, certain players around the league, get their thoughts on the MLR, uh, the past MLR draft, their thoughts on fantasy rugby in Major League Rugby as well, and uh, continue to get interconnected with the league and, uh, and continue trying to make fantasy rugby a reality in the MLR. Uh, anything else for you, Matt? Look, I'm going to just finish off the episode with
2: the good old, just preaching back to the choir that, hey, Email us, MLR.
0: <laughs> there we go. We're here for you, MLR. If you want fantasy rugby in Major League Rugby, you'll want to reach out to the Fantasy Rutgers, right? Oh, yes, you uh, do. That's where it is. All right, for Matt Yee, for Devin Vandy-Vanipool, who will be back soon, I am Ryan Yi. We'll see you next week. Where is Gilchrist?
1: You've been listening to the Fantasy Ruckers Show, bringing fantasy rugby to the masses, covering everything rugby from the MLR and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and be sure to tell all your friends. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, connect with us on social media at the Fantasy Ruckers. Till next time, this is the Fantasy Ruckers Show, signing off.